All right, thanks for checking out episode 33 of the Rock Savages podcast today or tomorrow or tomorrow evening or whenever you're going to listen to this, man. It's still going to be episode 33, so right on. As usual, we are brought to you guys by rocksavagepod.com. That is our homepage. You guys can download all of our episodes there for free. You can follow us there. And you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at the handle Rock Savage Pod. And as usual with every other episode, we uh, we ask everybody to subscribe, rate, and review uh, the Rock Savages podcast on iTunes. So if you guys listen to your favorite podcast there, we are there. The Rock Savages podcast is also on Stitcher and SoundCloud. So... Check us out there. With all that said, it's glad to be back, man. We took a little break from uh, recording uh, this podcast for a few weeks. I had to move into a new crib and all that jive. It's no fun moving, man, especially when you're in a band and you got a bunch of heavy, heavy stuff to move around. You know, guitar cabinets and drum kits. And even though I'm used to moving that stuff around, you know, so you know, you pile on some furniture and refrigerators and washers and dryers and shit, and it's just it's no fun. Zero, zero fun. Plus, we're not going to a fun gig. But uh, it's exciting, you know, to have a new crib. We got a new uh, jam space and all that nonsense. So, that said, we're getting back to normal with, uh, with this little podcast. So, before we get started today, uh, I just wanted to let everybody know that Redwater Tragedy has a show. It is this Saturday, May 6th. It is with the band Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And it, it, it is at a uh, venue called The Back Room in Mansfield, Ohio. So if you're in the area, go check that show out, man. Should be a good time as usual. I've not been to this venue yet. I guess there's a couple venues in Mansfield, Ohio. That's pretty much middle Ohio, so it's cool to see them uh, supporting local and live music. Now, today's episode is uh, centered around a little bit about Record Store Day, and uh, we talk about that a little bit. We talk about some record stores in the area. We talk about the ever-so-inspirational Led Zeppelin and the music that they uh, they create and the vibe that they created, you know? A lot of people, of course, talk about that band, but, uh, you know, it's a band that I kind of put down and pick up from time to time, you know? I'll listen to the shit out of them for a while, and then I'll put it down for quite a while, and then I'll pick it back up, and it's, it's always just as fresh as it ever was. So that kind of band is rare these days. Might be rare. All the time, you know, who knows, but we also talk about uh, a little bit about Metallica, kind of why we don't really listen to that band anymore, you know, I mean, uh, kind of got oversaturated back in the day when, uh, you know, their their classic five albums were more contemporary, I mean, they're timeless records, of course, but, you know, we kind of touch on that a little bit, it gets a little interesting, but um, without giving too much away, I guess we'll move on with this, uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh Rock on, check it out.
We're back. It's been a while, man. Yeah, three weeks. Yeah, something like that. It's too long. Made me sad. Couldn't podcast for three weeks. I've been moving. I will just say for the record that I was available. I'm going to make myself available, so it's all your fault. You should have made yourself available to help me move. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. We got it done. You know. It's a lot of work moving. It sucks. Because I've been in this other house for 15, 16 years. You accumulate a lot of bullshit. Like complete garbage, really. You can kind of um, downsize, though, in a move. I did, yeah. yeah. Purge. Big time purge. You're all that shit. You're like, oh, I'll use this fucking broken thing sometime. Yeah, I got to hold on to this. These uh, five foot tall uh, stereo speakers that have mold on them. Because I'm going to use those again someday. (laughs) You know, just shit like that. And in the garage, that's even worse. Because you just throw all your garbage in there. Straight garbage. And then, you know. I think the I think the whole gar- uh, garage was like full to the front, except for like five feet. So I had to go back and just dig through and dig everything out. Yeah. Bullshit. Old fucking ellipticals and four lawnmowers. Lawnmowers. <laughs> Why do I need four lawnmowers? I don't know. It's fucked up. Got a new crib though. We're gonna have a new podcast spot soon. It's cool. And what's really cool is there's a really awesome record store right down the road. It's called Hollow Bones. And uh, I walked in there on record store day and I because I was in the middle of moving, but I was like, oh, I'm going to go check this store because it's like a mile away from my new house. And man, it's cool. It's like my they have my record collection probably the last five years in there all in vinyl. It's mostly all vinyl. It's a really cool store. Most a lot of record stores like that I'll go into, like if I'm out of town, like I, I make it a point to try and go to a record store if there's time. Usually, a lot of times, it's a bunch of bands that you know I've never, ever heard of. It's all these really underground indie bands that have vinyl, but I've never heard of these bands, and it's tons of vinyl like that. Oh, yeah. Just tons and like tons and tons Stone of Stone Tavern had a fucking ton. And like that's, that. I mean, I, we're even... A lot of them are probably in this area, and I didn't fucking know they existed. Yeah, and they pressed it on vinyl. A lot of it's really nice vinyl, too, you know? It's a good production, you know? Good quality product, and... Shit, man, I don't see. That's why record stores probably don't stay in business. Cause I mean, that's a that's a niche of a niche market, you know. Right. When you and it's you know they don't have multiple copies. They got one copy of some band from wherever, and who knows if they even have a fan base. But this place was not like that. They had all the big bands. You know, they have like Mastodon and you know all kinds of stuff. They were doing the record store day right. They had all those releases and it's, I mean, it's cool. cool to have like a local section or a regional section. But you you got to appeal to the masses, too. Yeah. I mean, that's probably why they closed down a lot. Went to Square Records in Highland Square, too. I stopped down there because they're also near my new house. And jam-packed to the max. Record Store Day was bigger than it's ever been this year. And that was, what, I think last Saturday? Last Saturday? Or t- yeah, it's mm-hmm. last Saturday. And, man, I couldn't even get in the store. No I was, shit. I, I walked in, and it was just elbow to elbow. Everyone's on top of each other, so I was like, man, this is not a good environment to thumb through records. I feel pressured, you know? Right. So I just turned around and walked out, went down to Hollow Bones. So people need to check that place out. Did you get any, any, any vinyl on record day? I didn't get 
any of the record store releases, I got a reissued, remastered copy of uh, Soundgarden's Down on the Upside. So I haven't listened to it yet, but it sounded good originally. So that pretty much bookends the Soundgarden collection for me. I got their last four on vinyl. Nice. So it should be good. It's a good album for sure. Their last one before they broke up. I saw them on that tour, 96, Lollapalooza. Opened up for Metallica. That was a good one. That was the last. I think that was the, one of the last tours of the original Ramones uh, lineup. And, you know, I'm not one of those guys that says I'm a Ramones fan when I'm really not because I never really was a Ramones fan, but seeing them live was really cool. I really appreciated the energy that they would put forth. You know, there's just that, that punk rock, old school punk rock energy is like, it's meant to see to see live. I think you know. The, I mean, their their records don't sound that great. It's all about those songs and and uh, seeing them live. That's where they sound awesome, you know. So I'm glad I got to see that. They were on the side stage. I remember Soundgarden came out and kicked ass, and uh, then Metallica came out, and I think that was on the Load tour, and that was the first time we'd seen them since I don't know '93 back when they were touring on the Black Album, but then they came back in 96, and they're wearing mascara and feather boas. And we're like, what's this? Because this is pre-internet, you know, so not nearly as accessible. I mean, they were on MTV, but if you didn't have MTV, you know, you didn't see them. So it was a surprise, but I almost died in that pit. It was front row. We were pumped, man. We were like, man, we get to see Metallica front row. I mean, we're right up on the barrier, right, stage left. And uh, they came out and just staring at everybody. Didn't play a note yet. Just staring at everyone. And that's when the pit started. That's when everybody in the back started pushing forward. And it pushed me about two feet up off the ground. So my legs are dangling off the ground two feet. And my, my arms are turned in. My arms and shoulders are turned inward. So I can't move my arms or my legs. And I just start moving away from my friends that I was with. <laughs> Never saw them again the rest of the night. So they looked different, but they still kicked ass. You know, they played all the old shit. It sounded good. So, but yeah, you know, record store day. I can't, I can't get into Metallica too much anymore. We listened to the I mean, shit out of them. Fuck, they just played with Lady Gaga, and I think they're talking about playing. They have other doing an album collaborations over. like that. That worked great last time, dudes. You know, boys. It might be cooler than the Lou Reed thing. I didn't. I I listened to that like two songs of that, and I was just, I can't listen. I've never I've never been a Lou Reed fan either. No. I mean, the dude's a legend. You know, he has his fans. Not taking anything away from him, but it's just not my thing. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't my thing. <laughs> Maybe the Lady Gaga thing would be cool if they do it. You know, I don't know. They do what they want, man. That's why I like those guys. I mean, yeah, I don't listen to them much but aren't anymore there either. Other talented artists. I mean that they could do something like that with other than doing it with her because doing it with her means they're doing it for one reason only. I mean, seriously. Money? Think? Money, of course. Well, they got, they got enough money, though. I mean, right. those guys got to be close to billionaires now. But why else? Why else with her? More nor notoriety, more... I mean, it's got to be money. Spread it out. I don't know. And it's got to be notoriety. There's an ego boost. Who knows if it'll even really happen? I think it's a rumor, you know? I don't think that's to even been have confirmed. Done it, I think, to me, reeks of fucking 
ridiculousness. I don't understand why that a band like that would play a show like that. What was that? The MTV Music Awards or the Grammys or one of those? Yeah, it was Grammys. It was Grammys. Yeah. Who cares about the Grammys, man? I mean, I wouldn't do that. If I was that big, I'm just like, I'm never doing that shit again. We're just going to do what we want to do. We right. just basically go play shows. Well, I mean, it's not like they got to set up their own gear. They just show up and play and probably get a fucking nice paycheck. Yeah, ride, ride the fuck out, you know? I'm not even sure if they get paid for that shit. I'm sure Metallica oh, yeah. does. I'm sure they get paid for that. That's drawing ratings. It's like, you want Metallica? Okay. That's a million dollars. million. We could play for a million dollars somewhere else. I'd go see them live. But yeah, I don't listen to their records too much. I mean, we've been listening to Metallica since shit. Me, I bought Kill Em All when I was 10 or 11. That was 1988. Yeah, so. And then in the early 90s, when that Black Album came out, all of their albums started selling and selling and selling so we were, it was just non-stop metallic for i know me and you and all of our friends for five years. five to ten years straight after that you know so i think i you know just heard most of it enough <laughs> they're like our led zeppelin probably i'm sure like people the, the kids in the 70s they, they can't even listen to zeppelin anymore you know yeah because it's been now that's a band i can always go back to i i take breaks from zepp What's awesome about them is you can listen to a different album at a different time, and it's just it's just different. Yeah, everyone's yeah. different. It's eclectic too. A lot of it. It's not just a whole lot of love. Mm-hmm. One track, one through eight. You know, right. it's all different shit. Yeah, they were something else. Crazy band. Like nobody understood where they were getting their influences. Like that, that mid eastern like backbeat that Bonzo had. Like what? How does a kid from the black country in England in the 1960s, pre-internet, barely any radio, get an influence like that? I mean, nobody really knows, you know. So they were just so groundbreaking, really inspirational. There's not very many bands that really get down into your DNA like they did for me, you know. As a band, I, I think there's more. There's a lot of bands that I think wrote great lyrics or had great guitar players but as a band and writing i would agree i mean they're very song oriented oh totally yeah i mean the whole bonham thing like you a lot of people crap on him because he's not the most technical drummer who cares he served the song you know that's what makes the song so great that's what makes the band great you know who cares about technical ability although the man had technical ability too he was an innovator and not only in his playing but like uh you know the sound of the drum kit i mean the sound of the drum kit on tape didn't sound like that before led zeppelin and i know a lot of people like like the shit on them because they have the youtube youtube clips and oh they ripped up the ripped off these guys i never saw it as a ripoff you know yeah, the, some of the songs sound similar, and some of them are covers. It's not rip-off stuff. It's more of a tribute to me. You know, That's what it means to me. I, know, I don't see them as a rip-off in any way, shape, or form. I mean, they're borrowing, just like everybody does. You know, <laughs> They're borrowing from their influences. I don't see them as a rip-off, man. You know? People need to give that shit a rest. Like this last... This last... Uh, what was it? They had a, a lawsuit for uh, Stairway to Heaven. They ripped off. St- and I've heard the songs. Similarities don't think they're the same song. And yeah. I think it was kicked out of court within like a couple hours. It's like nobody's going to take Stairway, Heaven, Stairway to Heaven away from 
Zeppelin. Zeppelin, right? It's been 45 years, you know? It's like, give it a rest or whatever, you know, 40, 45 years. They're trying. They tried. It's a good look. They've already made the money, fuckers. Right, and they have the lawyers to get them out of court. Yeah. I mean, they're close to billionaire status. I'm sure they didn't even settle. They're just like, get the fuck out of here. Right. <laughs> the judge was like, yeah, really? I'm a Led Zeppelin fan. Fuck you. Get the fuck out. Say <laughs> so you've been listening to Zeppelin? Like full albums or just songs or what? Full albums. Four. Mostly. Four. Right now, that's the one that's been on heavy repeat. That's a good one. They're all good. I think my favorite, if I had to pick one, would be Physical Graffiti. So eclectic and it's long. It's got one of the best song, uh, you know, song lyrics ever on it, which is Cashmere. House of the Holy. Yeah. You're talking the album or the song? Yeah, the album. Strangely enough, Houses of the Holy, the song is on Physical Graffiti. I want to say that they recorded a few songs for the House of the Holy in sessions, and for whatever reason, the title track to that album didn't make it onto Houses of the Holy. It made it onto the next one, which was Led Zeppelin the, One. Zepp One. Yeah, yeah, that one's. I was just listening to uh, it actually while I was mowing the yard just a few minutes ago, working in the yard. You listen to Robert Plant's isolated vocals on YouTube from that? No. Oh my God. Yeah. That's why he's a legend. It's like, wow, you know, where did this creature come from? Yeah, some of the shit he does. I mean, even when he's not even saying something, he's fucking just making a noise. It's like, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. (laughs) 19 years old or whatever he was when he did that. Young as fuck. I think he was a teenager, if not in his early 20s. But Yeah, he captured at the peak. You can't do that shit anymore when you're fucking that old. You should have quit. He still sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, he just, I mean, your voice changes the older you get. Right, you can't do that shit. I mean, some people can change and make it different and still sound good. Like, you can be James Hetfield till you die. Yeah. You know, but you can't be fucking... James Hetfield, 1986, right. until you die. You know, big difference. Yeah, youth is, youth is, some. Uh, it's part of rock and roll, man. I mean, if you're going to do it... Do some can't, uh, Axl Rose still sounds good, but he doesn't do the same shit he used to do. He's more standing still. He's not doing high kicks right. while doing all that. He's not going as high as he used to, but he still sounds awesome. Are they coming to town? I haven't seen anything about them coming to town. Motherfuckers. No, everybody skipped Cleveland this year. Metallica skipped Cleveland. I would have gone to well, see there's, him. There's a big Cleveland tax, I guess. Oh, that's why. Yeah, that's right. I heard about that. You know, all the big bands are skipping out. Tool. You know, Guns N' Roses, because uh, I guess they get fucking taxed up the ass. On their merchandise. Is it on their merch? Yeah. And that's where bands make most of their money. I don't fucking blame them. And yeah, they have a lot of money already, but that's none of our business. And it is a business at the end of the day, you know? Shit. And that you're taking off a bottom line. I don't blame the bands for not coming here for that bullshit. And if anything, they should give bands tax breaks when they come through town. That, right. way, that way we would get the economy from that. You know, all this, all the bars, you know, getting filled up and with fans, you know, that's what we do. We go out of town and see several shows out of town every year. And uh, we go to the bars around there. We spend money and buy their merch. And it's good for the economy. High taxes aren't, you know, that's fucking anti-art. You know, it's bullshit. Two-term Trump. No. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. Don't go there. I made the mistake. Pearl Jam got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think that was why we were taking a break. Last three weeks? Four weeks? 
I don't know. I don't remember. It was something like that. But I made, I knew they were going in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I was a big fan when I was a kid. So I I I lit. I watched uh, their very first Saturday Night Live performance, and it was uh, the song "Alive." They played another one too. I think they played "Porch" at the on their first Saturday Night Live performance. Sharon Stone was uh, hosting, and I made the mistake of watching that, and then watching the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction of them playing the same song. And man, time is a real motherfucker. Oh yeah. Yeah, you watch them side by side, and it's like, damn it, everyone's getting old. Because I mean, that first performance on SNL of them doing a live, I mean, it was high. That band was a lot of people forget, but that band used to be high fucking octane to the fuck until every band member was losing their shit on stage. Mm. Vetter was that's why he's a legend today is because of the shit he did in the early nineties. Oh, that video for Even Flow. When yeah. fucking climbing the fucking Yeah, yeah. You would just climb up these fucking fifty foot scaffoldings and launch into the crowd. Probably can't do that anymore. But yeah, that's another band that's kinda gone by the wayside for me, man. I don't really listen to them too much anymore. I stopped really buying their records. You got, you got mad at Eddie Vedder. Yeah, I mean, he gets too political. Even in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame speech, he got political right away with it. You know, it's like, can you just give that shit a rest for fucking five seconds, dude? I mean, yeah, you have your voice and your podium, and we know you're politically active, but you have to do it every single time. You're in front of a microphone. Yeah, you said it because it goes against your political views. If he was preaching what you're think, what you would agree with, you would be like, "Yeah, Eddie Vedder." I don't really think so. No. Mm-mm. Nah, probably be the same way. Like you know, I, it does get tiring. Yeah, it gets old. I mean, I think it, we're just oversaturated with the bullshit because it's all the time because it's online now. I think that's my problem. Like even if he was politically aligned with me, I'd probably just be the same way. And I think there was a band recently that I can't remember who they are. There's not many bands that are on my political side of anything. So, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's like, oh, uh, because here we go. So even, I mean, especially if you're in a live setting, you're you're trying to have fun, and uh, nothing wrong with keeping that shit private. But I mean, there's people that disagree with you, and they're just trying to fucking relax and have a good time, and kind of escape the fucking hoopla of everyday life. And then you know. Even if he did agree with me, there'd be people in the crowd that disagree with him or with me, or and then you know it kind of takes the vibe down a little bit, you know. That's my whole thing on it. But you know, fucking good for him, man. They're still kicking it, I guess. I think Matt Cameron deserves, or well, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's the great drummer, and he deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But I think he should be in Soundgarden. He should give that Pearl Jam shit a rest. Yeah, he belongs in that band, you know. Who's drumming for Soundgarden then? He is. He's oh, doing yeah. both. <clears throat> but I think his style is more Soundgarden-ish. You know, they, the technical ability, he's he's capable of a lot of things. But in Pearl Jam, they're just doing that straight-up punk beat, you know, all the time now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, why don't you do some weird shit, you know? That's another reason why I don't listen to them anymore. It's because their records are just, they're not, they're not engaging for me. Like... I remember in the 90s, this band was railing against the mainstream and the 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 mainstream music labels and all that sh- shit, which they were on. They are on Sony, and they said, once we're out of this contract, we're going to do our own thing, and it's going to be eclectic as shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, let's go for it, dude. Do a no code again. Do something like that, a weird album, something strange and expressive. 
And as soon as they got off that Sony contract, they made a fucking album with another major label and it was just more of that punk beat pop punk shit, you know? It's I haven't even heard any Pearl Jam in the last anything new in the last couple of years. That's how I'm just much I care. I'm just happy there's so much good music out there now to take all that shit's place that we've heard so much and so often for so long, you know? There's a lot of music out there right now. I mean, there's just so much. Yeah, I can't keep up. I just latch on to the bands I like and listen to the shit out of them. And then another one will come along and take up that space for a little bit. It's cool. Feels good, too, because it's on a smaller scale. You can buy their stuff and go to their shows and be right up in front. You know, that's what I miss. Like the big shows. I don't know anymore. I don't want to be up in the fucking nosebleeds. Yeah. I don't mind being out in the, the lawn if I'm a blossom. I mean, yeah, that yeah. can be cool. Yeah, you know, depends on the vibe. Depends on the bands and the day. I, you know, I, I'm down for you know the music festival. But if you're a seat yeah. and the nosebleeds and you can't go anywhere, that sucks. And you got to stay right there. Oh, it's terrible. You paid it's 150 terrible. bucks. You feel like punching yourself in the face. Beers are fucking 15 bucks. Shirts are 50 bucks. You know what right. the fuck? <laughs> nah, I think I'll pass. If I can get good seats, I'd probably go to one of those big shows. I mean, Guns N' Roses is very enticing to me. If like if they came to Cleveland, ah, I might have to go see that because we never saw it. Yeah, I'd go to the queue to see them, but that'd be one of the few bands just because yeah. I hadn't seen them. Yeah, yeah, I want to get it get that in one time. It'd be cool, like at the Indian Stadium too, or whatever it's called now. What is that shit called? Progressive Field. What corporate right. sponsorship? Yeah, just fill in your corporate. The Q, the Q, progressive field. Car insurance field. What's Nautica? What's an old Nautica? Nautica, I don't know what that is now. Went there a couple of years ago and saw Alice in Chains. They were awesome. Very, very good. Jerry Cantrell's the man. He is. That whole band really is the man. Sean Kinney. All those homeboys. So what's been going on? Just working on recording. Picked up that new guitar I showed you. Sweet. Dude's got a new SG. SG 61 reissue. It's so cool, man. I love that guitar. That's fucking sweet. If I buy a guitar, it'd probably be an SG. I don't know why I'd buy a guitar. I know three chords, and I can down-tune some shit. There's a lot of motherfucking bands that... I can open-tune some shit, that, too. That made it big, playing only three or four chords. Yeah. Nirvana. Is that what they're called? Nirvana. All he needs is three chords. I'm not trying to be in a big band or nothing. It'd be kind of terrible if I was the lead singer. Because I can't sing, people. I just can't do it. Well, they got recording pro- you know, programs for that now. Yep. Auto-tune. Yep. My my son's been playing the piano, and there's programs on there where they don't even really have to know what they're doing. Like, no. you can just press a button, and it goes... <laughs> you know, he's fucking... Uh, and it sounds like I'm at a fucking rave. Like, really? This, this is what people... I mean, that's entertainment. You got an 11-year-old with no musical talent. I mean, can drop beats like anyone else, at, like any other DJ, just because it's all programmed in there already. Dude, so I took I took piano lessons when I was a little kid, and it was just me and a book with a bunch of weird squiggly lines on it. 
and it was fucking hard. The lines should be straight. That's why I was a problem. Yeah, some of them. <laughs> you got to have some squiggles in there every now and again. You know, get it kind of moving. Yeah. You know, there's, there's that sinking feeling. Because you're like, oh, I want to do this. I want to try this instrument. And then you get in there. And then you realize, oh, this is a, a lot of fucking work. You, you put the technology down, just put a book in front of you with a teacher explaining shit to you. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm in for it. Yeah. And, and so two years later, when you just, if you can get through two years of suck, just suck for two fucking solid years, and then you start sounding decent. That's when it starts becoming fun. But I never made it past the suck on piano. Well, I think, yeah, but you've made it on drums. And I guess it's just what, you know, because I'm mm-hmm. sure the first two years you sucked on drums. Probably, yeah. You know, I mean, w- I think I played guitar for four months before we tried our first show. Yeah, that was a fucking disaster. Was it, You weren't playing guitar for four months? Four or six months. Six months? Yeah. Well, I think we have that on tape somewhere. Uh, it's in the v- filing cabinet right there. The vault. We've got a vault, and some of you people are never going to hear that shit. We will, though. I mean, the guitar's out of tune. I mean, like, w- one of my guitar solos was, like, all, like, fast-picking a chord. Yeah. I'm sure the, temp- <laughs> the tempos were way too fast. We were well, you jacked. You were the most established then. Like, you'd been playing for a year or two by then, Yeah, you? probably. When was our first gig? That was at Ron's Crossroads, 95, right? yeah. 95. Fuck. That's a long time ago, dude. Remember when we walked into Ron's Crossroads for the first time? I think... Ethel's bong was playing, and we were following those guys around. And yep. we were like, man, this would be the shit to play here. This is awesome. <laughs> it was just a bar. It had a cool sound system, though. Oh, yeah. We were just blown away by those speakers. Oh, yeah. That was like our first deal, man. Like, Holy shit. And they it called was, us like three days later. Can you guys fill in? We're like, yes, we're we like, can. Holy shit. We're fucking 17 years old. And we're going to suck for you. We're going to fucking play this show on a Friday night at Ron's Crossroads on short notice. Was it a Friday night? I could, I swore it was like a weekday, like a Thursday. Might have been a Thursday. Yeah, I think it was a Thursday. Nobody was there, I don't think, huh? No, sound guy, God door damn. guy, bartenders. Yeah. I think the other bands, maybe. There, I don't even remember if there was another band. It was cool, man. We can shit all over it, but, I mean, it's like it gave us something to work towards, you know? Yeah. Every band sucks. I mean, it's f- fucking four months after starting, you know, who's good? No one. We had a lot of good shows there. A lot of terrible shows there, too. <laughs> yeah, we ran the gauntlet. We're talking, we're talking about Ron's Crossroads, for those who don't know, in Akron, Ohio. It's a, a bar and pretty close to the ghetto, right? Yeah, right on the edge of North Hill. Cuyahoga Falls and all that shit. A lot of bigger bands when it started going through there, though, man. We opened up for Seven Dust before they got big. Crowbar. And crowbar. Propane. Propane. Uh, Cold Chamber. Cold Chamber. Drain STH. Yep. That would be Tony Iommi's wife, which I think he's still married to. Could couldn't not be, I guess. They usually get a lot of divorces, those rock stars. Ladies come in, they're like, oh, yeah, you're going to give me some of that money. No prenup? Fine. Are you in love? Really? Not for long. Yeah, who else? Um, sure there was more. I can't really think of any of them. So what's going on with Redwater? What do you got going on? Uh, we got a show next week. We're playing at the uh, a back bar in Mansfield, Ohio. 
Friday night? Yeah, with the dudes from Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. They're like a shock rock kind of. They sound familiar. Um, Alice in Chains, not Alice in Chains, Alice Cooper-ish. A little more modern. But yeah, they they jam. There's some cool dudes. So we're going to go down and party with those guys. And uh, get fun. on stage and jump around. Jump around. What's the venue? I think it's called the Back Bar or... In Mansfield. Back, back, back alley. I don't know what it's called. That's central Ohio, man. It's the center of it all. It is. It is where everything is, for sure. Burn about blues. an hour, hour and 15 minutes away from here. Burn Blue Sky is writing right now. I think we have two songs completed, but we haven't practiced like three weeks. The whole Burn Blue Sky world is in road cases in my new house, so we're going to get that up and running this week. We have a show. I do believe it is June 17th at Dominic's in Kent. Not sure who's playing that with us yet, but we will let everybody know on that. The band Whores, who has been on this podcast, uh, we talked with them when they were touring with Red Fang and Torch back, when was that, December? I want to say it was November or December. Uh, they m- will possibly be back on the podcast. They are playing... May 16th at the Buzz Band in Canton. So we will be there, and hopefully we will get an interview with those guys again. And that's another cool thing. The Buzz Band has been blowing up, man. They they built an outside stage. Judging from the pictures online that I've seen, it looks really cool. And uh, they've just expanded their indoor operation as well. So it's a cool place. So those who don't know, the Buzz Band in Canton, go check that out. they got great beers, and they got great bands, obviously, too. So... That said, I guess we're done, huh? Yeah. Got enough? Yeah, I got nothing else. All right. I do want to get in that buzz bin, though. Oh, the new venue. We played it. Yeah, we've been trying, but they're they're booked out like four or five months ahead. So eventually we'll get in there. We should do a show together there. It'd be sweet. Yeah, it's it's cool. I I haven't been in there since they redid it, but I like the corner spot. Yeah, you'll like the new spot. I've been in there. I actually interviewed Dave O'Grady in there too, and then in the new spot when they were building it. Another guy's coming back to town, so we'll uh, hopefully get him back on too. All right, we're out. There you have it, our wonderful episode 33. And it's just as fun as when we started, so hopefully we keep doing this thing for quite a while. we got some uh, cool stuff, I think, coming up in the next month or so, so we'll keep everybody posted. There's going to be some cool interviews coming down the pike, so just keep an eye out, an ear open, whatever. Like you can close your ears. It'd be kind of cool if you could sometimes, you know? That said, today I'm going to play a song by my band, Burn Blue Sky. I mean, why not, you know? It is our podcast, along with Red Water Tragedy. So, so every now and again, we're going to play our own shit, you know? Makes sense. And why not? The reason why I am actually today is because... Uh, 
the year anniversary of uh, our last and latest release called Godzimoth. The year anniversary is coming up on May 13th, so I'm going to play a track from that record. It's my favorite one we've done. I think it's the best sounding one we've done. I'm kind of eclectic, you know. We kind of did some different things on this. Even though it is a little short, it's very uh, it's very nuanced. It's not just heavy rock, you know. It It's up and down, starts out heavy, and then it kind of dips down and then kind of ends on a rock and roll note. So it was fun to record. Uh, we did it at Tangerine a couple years ago uh, in Akron, Ohio, and uh, it's a really cool studio. It's very Akron. It has a very Akron vibe, you know, and it's very chill and laid back and uh, conducive to creating and uh, performing. So we had a great time there. I think we're probably going to go back for uh, we'll probably go back there for uh, any new material that we do soon. We are writing. Burn Blue Sky is writing now. We have a couple new songs that are in the can. We just got to get them recorded. And then we'll figure out what we're going to do with them. We're not really sure yet. We might just do some singles for a while or, you know, it'd be great to get some vinyl out someday, seeing how vinyl is so big now. So that's, we're just dreaming. This is me dreaming out loud. We'll see how it goes. We don't really know yet, but we'll keep everybody posted. But until then, I'm going to play a song off of that record. It's called May Song. I mean, it's appropriate, right? It's May now. And the anniversary was on May 13th, so why not? And it's one of my favorite ones. So check that out. The song is called May Song by my band Burn Blue Sky. It is available on iTunes, Amazon, anywhere you can buy music digitally. So if you dig it, go buy it. You know, help us out. Helps us get down the road, helps us get to shows, helps us, uh, you know, manufacture merchandise and all that jive. So, hope you guys dig it. And we'll be back real soon with another episode of the Rock Savages podcast.